0: And so I want to speak to that tonight, amen, and to prepare us so that God can actually pour himself upon our lives. We have to be in agreement with him. The Bible says two cannot work together except they be in agreement. One of the greatest problems Christians have is the mind. The mind. So tonight I'm going to be talking about the mind and life. Your destiny is tied to your mind. The way you think. No matter what's happening to you today, it can be changed. If it is negative, if you will, you place your mind or allow your mind to think and stay on things that are positive. The people of the world, psychologists, they've discovered this. They call they call it the power of the mind, and some call it positive thinking, and they believe in this thing. And, and, and there are people that are going all over. Traveling to speak words to people, these not words of God, just words of encouragement, encouraging people to think and speak positively, and people are paying money and because they are receiving dividends from what they are hearing, so they are willing to release their money, release their time take off time, go to a big stadium, stay in line to sit down to hear somebody speak to them about how thinking positively can change their lives in the natural. Because they have discovered in the natural realm that your mind and the way you think is tied to your destiny. If you continue to entertain negative thoughts, you are going to be negative. People will stay away from you and negative things, and you just attract negative things. They come to you. It's natural. You are a negative person. If you are positive and you believe in fruitfulness... Regardless of what's happening in your life, regardless of what people are saying to you, regardless, you put those things aside and you begin to believe that yes, something good can happen. God, in His time, like we talked about, we sang tonight, be still. I know. In His time, God will come through for you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 verse 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you think in your heart, the way you reason, that's what's going to happen to you. You know the Bible has what it calls the carnal mind and the mind of the spirit. Carnality is a mindset. Spirituality. It's a mindset. It depends on what you set your mind on. It's a mindset. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 tells us this For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So it's a mindset. Those who live according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, if your mind is set on fleshly things, to be carnally minded, that's who you are, is death. You are going to die if your mind is set on the things of the flesh what does that mean the things that you hear the things that you see the things that what we call feel those things, things of the five senses, the things, the th- what we refer to as sense knowledge. If your mind is set on sense knowledge, the things you can understand in the natural, that's the way you think, you have all of those things together in your mind, that this is the way it works naturally, and you stay with it, you die. And I'm going to explain what that means. But it says to be spiritually minded. In other words, if you set your mind, that's what you think about. The things of God, the words of God, what God is giving to you. The promises of God. The promises of fruitfulness. Regardless of what's happening in your life, they're telling you to think positively. But you are going based on the word of God and the word of God alone. Not what's around you. The word of God comes first. If the Bible says, if your mind is set on spiritual things, the spiritual words, the promises of God, what God says, then what you will have is life and peace. Life and peace. If setting your mind on the words of God, when it says on spiritual things, that's talking about the promises, the word of God. There is no other way to set your mind on spiritual things than to set your mind on the Word of God. God and His Word are one and the same. And so when you are thinking about what the Word says, contrary to what you are seeing in the flesh, you have refused to set your mind on natural things, and your mind is set on spiritual things. Now, if you set your mind on Natural things, fleshly things, what you will reap is death. But if you set your mind on spiritual things and you stay with your mind set on spiritual things, that what the word of God says and the promises of God, the result according to God who cannot lie is life and peace. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. When you are in turmoil, and all of that, and there is anxiety and fear, even though you know what God has said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. You know that, but your mind is not set on that. You don't really believe that. Your mind is set on the circumstances and what they're saying, what everyone is telling, what has been, been part of your life for years, what simply calls first First truth, all of those things, if your mind is set on that, you will die. Now, what does it mean to die? To be carnally minded is death. What does that mean? Now, what it means is this. When your mind is set on fleshly things, you are separated from your father and from his provisions. You're separated. You remember the story of the prodigal son? When he came back home, his father's declaration was this. This, my son, was dead. And he's alive again. Right? Right? Was he dead physically? No. He just was separated from his father. And from his father's provision. Right? The father, according to Jesus, Jesus caused that death. How did he separate himself from his father and his father's provision? His mind. No one knows what he was thinking while he was with his father. Everything was fine. Right? But for some reason, he started thinking the wrong way. He wanted fleshly things. So he told his father, and that's the way God is. He told his father, give me my part, my portion of my inheritance right now. Father's still alive, but he wanted it. God will let you do whatever you want to do. It's not going to stop you. You want your portion? Oh yeah, you can have whatever. He'll let you go wherever you want to go. He's not going to stop you. His mind was set on that. His mind was set on what he wanted to do. Not what the Father wanted, but what he wanted to do. And the Father released him. It's so amazing. God gives a lot of gifts. And instead of using it to glorify God, many times we use the same gift To dishonor him. He went with what the Father gave to him and was spending everything in a prodigal way with people in a far country. Sometimes you see people that were raised in church. I mean, you've seen it. And they have great voices. (laughs) And they discovered that they could sing in church. And guess what they do? They they, they stay away from the church. They get out of the church. They want to be famous. And guess what they get? They get famous. But what's the end of it? What's the end of it? He wasted it. Because he separated himself from the Father. Separated from everything he was getting from the Father. And he went on his own way. But then the Bible tells us that after a while, and there's always going to be after a while, (laughs) things change. The devil is so crafty. When he's leading you this wrong direction, at first it seems like you are having a great time. But before long, the carpet is pulled from under you. And you're on on your own. And he said there was no help for him among the people. He gave everything out, but they wouldn't help him. I'd like to just read that scripture so we see. It's in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 18. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of of goods that fall to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. That's everything he got from the father. Journeyed to a far country. Don't they like to get away from church as far as they can? It's good. And even think about, Pastor, who is that? Forget here. (laughs) Don't want to hear about it. Far country. And there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe farming in that land. So usually, you go away before long. In that land where you are, everything dries up. And it's in that country. And he sent him into the field. Sorry. Um, what was that? Verse 11. And it says, many days, not many days after the younger son gathered all together journeyed to a far country and wasted his possessions with prodigal living but when he had spent all there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that land of that country and he sent him into his fields to f- uh, feed swine and he would have gladly uh, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the parts that day, swine ate, and not, and no one gave him anything. That's the point I was going. To. No one gave him anything. So usually, that's the way it is. Nobody's going to help you. And when he came to himself, now, what does that mean? Coming to himself, he began to have the right thinking. His thought pattern separated him from his father. He changed the way he was thinking and started thinking about his father and the provision in his father's house. Amen. And then he wanted to go back home. He had a desire to go back home, to be with his father. He knew of his father's kindness. He knew, somehow, my father will accept me. Even if not as a son, I know he'll let me stay. That was the right thinking. He went back home. So, not just the desire, he acted on what he was thinking. Amen? Just thinking alone is not enough. Act on it. He went back to his father. Had his Script written, what he was going to say, so so his father will allow him in, and the father didn't allow him to speak. He says, "Come in, give him give him a new a new uh, garment, put some f- put ring in his finger, give him something to wear." He uh, he he went back home barefooted, nothing. <laughs> That's pretty serious, you know. If a man is not born again, what we say to the man who is not born again is give your life to Christ so that you can be born again. Have a new spirit. You need to be born again. Your spirit is dead. Cannot respond to God. Can't receive anything from God. Can't understand the things of God. You need to be born again. The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. So, but when he's born again, he can understand. But after you have been born again, the message to the one who is born again is, renew your mind. Renew your mind. That's why we're here. We have to renew our minds. That's why we go to church. To worship God and to give God the opportunity to help us through the Word to renew our minds. That's the real battle. The battle is in the mind. It's your mindset. Because if your mind is not renewed, we were all born with the natural mind. And we think naturally, fleshly. That's just us. We know how to survive in the flesh. For some of us, we were about before we got saved. That's really tough. That's why the Bible says, Remember the Lord your God in the days of your youth, before the evil days day near, draws near, where you say, I have no pleasure. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1. So... When we have not been in Christ for a while before we came to Him, after you got saved, you still you still the same person. You still remember everyone around you. You can't say I got I got saved yesterday and I don't remember where I work anymore. You still know where to go to work, right? You still know your brother Simon and your sister and the one who gives you pain in the home. Everything is still the same in the natural. And you still have the privilege to think the, way, the natural thought. But God says you are a spiritual man now. Your mind needs to be renewed. Because if your mind is not renewed and you stay with a carnal mind, you will be separated from your father and from your father's provision. We need to renew our minds. That's where the battle is. So, your body is telling you I'm sick. And all the feelings are there. You can't deny it. All the tests prove you're sick. But the word of God is saying something different. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. So the word of God is saying something. That's the spiritual part. But the natural is also speaking. And you decide where you want to stay with your mind. What kind of mindset you're going to have. And it's not going to be easy. Because the natural, what you see and what you know in the natural is constantly there. Staring at you in the face. And so it's hard to turn around, and when you can do that, he's got to be by faith. Just in the Word of God, regardless of what's going on. Regardless of how you're feeling. You just know God is, and need God is. That's why the Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. What does that mean? That God exists. No matter what's going on, God is. God is this. And I know that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How can you diligently seek God? You go after his word. Amen. You seek after his word. And you stay with the word. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When you seek after God's Word to bring you comfort, to bring you peace and confidence, and you refuse to accept the natural things that you see with your eyes, what you have been told, and everything that's around you, you say, saying, no matter what, I still believe in God. What that is, you are seeking after God, and those who seek Him will not be disappointed. God will not disappoint those who wait on him. He will not. You can better read that in uh, Isaiah 49, verse 23. God says, I want you to know that those who wait on me will never be ashamed. Never. Never. So that's the point. It's, it's the mind. What you choose to believe. We're talking about the year of fruitfulness. And so some person can say, oh, yeah, we've heard that before. I don't feel fruitfulness. You cannot, man. Conno, man. Because see, all you're thinking is what you feel. We walk by faith and not by sight. Well, I've prayed and prayed and prayed, nothing is happening. Well, you said nothing is happening, and you're right, nothing is happening. You're right. That's the way you think, that's the way you believe, and that's what you said, that's what you have. Be it unto you according to your faith. Pastor, is not working, you're right, it's not working, you just said so. And you're basically indicting the word of God and saying, God is not working. Right? So why do you expect him to work? When you've made up your mind, your mind is set on the fact that he is not working. Why should he work for you? He's not going to work for you. You settled it. It's the question of the mind. So the Bible tells us in Romans 12 verse 2, He says, and do not be conformed to this world. How? How are you conformed to this world? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. So he said that you are conforming or you are being transformed. Either you're transforming yourself or you are conforming. If you are carnally minded... You are being conformed to what's happening in the world, and nothing supernatural can take place in your life. It's got to be natural. If you get any kind of benefit, let it come the counter way. Nothing spiritual, nothing supernatural, because you are a corner man. And your mind is set on corner things, what you see, what you understand. That's why the Bible says, do not lean on your own understanding. Many times we lean on that and we voice it with confidence. Yes, this is the way I feel and that's what statistics show. What does God have to do with statistics? God is statistics. (laughs) He changed that any time he wants to. But that's the way we feel. I'm going to tell you, brother, just the way I feel. (laughs) Come on, brother, tell me. (laughs) That's the way you feel? That's the way it's going to always be. Change the way you think. That's what the Bible is telling us. Let's think as a church, let's think fruitfulness. There's nothing wrong with it. Because God wants to bless the work. God wants to bless the work in Calvert. God wants to bless the work in Nigeria. God wants to bless the work here. But think fruitfulness. As a man thinks in his heart, so is it. That's what God wants you to think. Whatever is good. Whatever is of good report. If there be any praises, think on these things. Why? Because if you think on them, that's what God's going to give to you. The Bible tells us in, in uh Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. So if God's going to do above what you think and you are thinking negative, who that's not good. That's not good. As a church, glad they got all of the spiritual people here tonight. Amen. Two, if two shall agree. That's all God needs. And it's even better if a husband and wife agree, yes, we are going to be fruitful. And refuse to look at all the natural things and the things that the enemy... Now, how is Satan going to this their tempt you if the temptation is not real and you can catch it all at once. I mean, no big deal. Right? I mean, think about it. If I don't like french fries, you can fry it in the room. You're just wasting your time. I don't like that stuff. Right? You're not going to tempt me with french fries if I don't like it. You can bring the whole french fries from McDonald's to my home if the person doesn't really like french fries. That's a stupid temptation. He'll just walk right by it. That's no temptation. Right? But if you really love french fries, especially when you are fasting, <laughs> the day somebody brings in Fries to fry around you. That's a rough day of fasting, right? Because you like that stuff, and you can smell it, right, when it's being fried. So Satan knows not to bring a temptation to you that is a, that's that's the best you got. <laughs> that's not going to bother me. He knows what's going to really bother you. He knows how to turn the circumstances, and God has allowed him. God has allowed him. Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you. He went to God and said, I want that one. The talkative one among them that is so bold, I want that one. And the father said, Okay, try it. Right? According to the word, Jesus said, Simon, Simon. In other words, Simon, if you didn't hear that, let me say it again. Simon, listen. Satan, has, he has asked for you. He asked for you. That he might sift you as wheat. He said, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And after you've returned to me, Okay. After you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. You know that was teach them how to handle temptation. Because it's always going to come. But how does Satan tempt us through our minds? The things that we really believe in the natural. The things that we can see. No doubt about it. The things that can be tested and be proven this is it. When that happens... Then you have nowhere to go. You want to go by what you know. The thing is, let us be real. <laughs> be real. Against the word of God, <laughs> that's not being real. Today, as, you know, as I talk about you know, just listening to different uh, ministers, I, I like to listen to see what God's doing in their lives. I, I need to, that tells you, you can't sit there and be satisfied. You're doing nothing. There's so many people doing so much for God. It frightens you. It's like you're still, you're still playing games. But when you hear people talking about HIV tested. And after prayer. They test again. It's not there. And it's confirmed by the best doctor in that area. Just by prayer. The doctor can't deny it. And God is not a respecter of persons. God doesn't respect people, but people want to burn you down and burden you down to believe what you see in the natural. And you say, oh, you got to deal with that. Well, the word of God is right. And if God cannot do it, well, maybe you should go home. If he's that bad. But the Bible is very clear. He who comes to God. Must believe. That he is. You must believe he exists. Not that God is just there. And doing nothing. He can do anything. God himself said. Is anything too hard for the Lord? When he was dealing with Abraham. Genesis 18. When Sarah laughed, is anything too hard for the Lord? Sarah says, this is a joke. I'm 89 years old and God is saying, I'm going to have a church. Oh, no way. God said, you're laughing. When God does his thing, usually it's an impossible situation. But when it's true, Satan, uh, I mean, uh, Sarah named the son Isaac because he said, God has made me to laugh. And those who hear it will laugh with me. Those who were criticizing her and saying, look, no child, I mean, in our, in our time is different. In their that time, that's a serious curse, not to be able to have a child. They laughed at her. Later, they laughed with her because she was 90 and she had a baby to take care of. That's an amazing thing. All these things are written for our example on whom the, world, the end of the world has come. So that we can know that there is nothing that's impossible with God. The only thing that's going to stop it is my mindset and what I see in the natural. and what I 'm being told in the natural, you accept it and it's over, you're dead and you're separated from your father 's provision, it will never happen. So the real fight is to resist it. you don 't have to speak back, you resist it inside. You don't tell the doctor you're wrong. That he's going to be mad and think you're stupid. But while they're telling you inside, you pull yourself together. And you encourage yourself in the Lord. And you wait on him. Amen? So is the mindset. I see I have one hour to go. <laughs> Let me say this. Change is not easy. Change is not easy. It's really a process. It takes time. When you decide to change, a thing in your life, sometimes it's five steps forward and maybe a couple back. But don't keep going back. Amen. Keep it on. Change is a process. It takes time. It takes dedication. Changing your mind. So that you can be transformed. Because through the word of God. Changing your mind so that you can be transformed. It says renew your mind so that you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. That takes time. Once your mind is renewed by the word of God, automatically you are transformed. But until your mind is renewed and you can't do anything, this is a miracle that the Word of God does. You can't wake up and transform your mind. It just, it can't happen, not spiritually. You can't do that. It's the Word that is going to renew you. It's the watching of the water of the Word. So it's the Word that is going to cleanse you. And your mind needs to be renewed. So it takes time. It takes dedication. That's why if you can only, you know, the Bible says, as newborn babes desire this, same milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If you don't spend time with the word of God, the washing of the word is not going to be there in your heart. It's not going to happen. It takes time. It takes dedication. Change takes time. You got to stay with it. You begin to believe a word and you meditate in the word. You take five steps forward and sometimes the natural things hit you and you begin to rethink. Maybe, you know what I mean, but then stand again, go back to the word, stay with the word, and see what's yourself being transformed. That's the way it's got to be. It takes time. Especially if all you've had, all for the most part of your life, what Tim calls first truth. Because it's hard to just change from that. You're so wired in this way of thinking, this is the way it's got to be. If you are going to be successful, this is the way. But it's natural. It's not according to the Word of God. Now, if you have to go God's way, and when God is wanting you to go His way, He's going to start working with you to see if your mind is going to be transformed. You go around the wilderness one time, you didn't get the lesson. It says, let's go back again. Maybe before the 40 years before you can really get it. But it, that's what it does. It takes time. It takes dedication. So I'm going to tell you seven things really quickly <laughs> that we need to do to help us to transform our minds. I don't want to make it a series here. Here. But the first thing is decide to change. Decide, I'm going to go after God's word to renew my mind. In any area of life, there are different things that we're dealing with. Some people have strength in one area, and some other area, they are kind of weak. Strengthen yourself in that area. If you're sick... Decide to renew your mind based on the word of God on healing. Sick is the fleshly thing, right? Healing is the spiritual. So now you transform your mind from the natural to the spiritual and begin to soak yourself in the word of God concerning healing. Find everything that has to do with healing and begin to study. Listen. Get the tips. Whatever it is. Till your mind is so soaked. And then you don't believe sickness anymore. Amen. So, make sure you have that des- uh, the decision in your heart. It's a decision. Make up your mind, I'm going to try to work on this. Spiritually. I'm going to transform my mind. Secondly, desire to change. Have that desire to bring that change into your life. This is not going to be the same. I'm going to do what it takes. I have the desire. Sometimes when you're struggling, and you know you know you needed to change, but the desire is not there. How many have been there? I have. The desire is not there. I like to. I know what the benefits will be, but I don't have any desire. And when you don't have the desire, you really don't have the strength to. You can't even decide to go there. Because the desire is not there. So the thing to do at that time, in a situation like that, begin to ask God to give you the desire. Because the Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Whatever you ask, you will have. Ask God, I need the desire. Desire is a thing, right? Give me the desire to change this thing. Amen. Give me the desire. I need the desire. Because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 10, it tells us there that the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. Proverbs 10 verse 24. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. So I need the desire to be able to overcome or be transformed in this area of my life. So, God, give me the desire. Pour this desire into my life. I need it. And if you are righteous, and you all of us here are righteous, if you have received Christ as your Savior, He is your righteousness, so you are righteous, the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. So, if you are asking for desire... Your desire will be granted. A lot of desires there. But so you ask God for the desire. So it's important we do that. Then deepen your knowledge. Enlarge your knowledge of the word in that area. Whatever it is, soak yourself in it. So that when others are talking to you on the other side and reminding you about things in the natural. Your mind switches. While they are talking, your mind switches. You understand what I'm saying? Based on what you know. Amen. Deep calls out to deep. So soak yourself. Go that way. Begin to deep dig yourself into that word. Educate yourself in that area. In the word of God. Whatever it is. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says, till I come, he said, I want you to give yourself, give attention to reading, give attention to what? To reading. You didn't know that Paul read a lot. Paul said to, to followers, when you come, please bring me some of those my, my books, the parchment and those books and all of those stuff, bring them to me. I need them. Paul read books. Dig yourself deep. Read. Study. Today is easy. I've said it before. I'm not going to have anything that will profit you. Nothing. Read. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, there are tapes today. I said I can even go back and see pictures of—I uh, mean, moving pictures of Smith Wigglesworth. That's exciting. From 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 just <laughs> typing his name in the computer, doing a search, you can actually see the guy smiling. He's been dead for a while. And you can hear his voice. That's amazing. That is amazing. I, can, I didn't see him, but I can walk in into his anointing by listening to him and watching him and saying to God, God, I want that. What's wrong with that? Elisha said to Elijah, I want a double. But he had been with the guy, you mean? He had seen what God was doing in his life. And because he had been there, his heart wanted what he, what he had. And God gave it to him. Because the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. So dig deep. Amen. Paul said in verse 15 of the same chapter, he says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely, not just part of it. Give yourself, meditate on these things, the things that will renew your mind. Meditate on them, think on them, read them, come, draw, pull out conclusions based on what you're reading concerning your life. Give yourself entirely, not just partly to it. Give yourself entirely to them so that your, progr- your progress or your profiting might be evident to everyone. That's what he's saying. When you give yourself to these things, you will profit. Be diligent. Stay with it. Don't slack. Slack equals lack. Don't slack. Stay with it. Don't get discouraged. That's what the Bible says. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night. Don't give up. Day and night. Don't slack. Stay with it. That's what it's saying. He it says, be of a very good courage. Don't, don't allow yourself to be discouraged. Discouraging times will come. Difficult times will come, but don't, don't give yourself. Give yourself entirely to what God is speaking to you from his word. So that your progress is evident. That's what we need to do. So be diligent. Defend your mind from those old thoughts. You know, you get this way and then there are so many things that will hit you. I remember years ago, when I started studying the, uh, the question of healing, it was hard to talk to my Christian brothers. Very difficult. And some of them very well respected in church. And once you bring the topic, sometimes they get very upset with you. They get very angry at you. For even mentioning some of those things. And you begin to wonder, maybe they are right and I'm wrong. Why is it that everybody's on the other side and I'm on this side? Something is not right. Wrong. Stay with the world. Don't matter what anybody thinks. I don't, now I've learned. You don't have to respond. I have nothing to prove. Let God do what he has to do. Stay with the world. So defend. If I have to speak, I'll speak my mind. This is how I believe if you push it. I'll speak my mind. This is what it is. I mean, we only have one life. Before long, we're all gone from here. Right? I'll stay with God. If I'm wrong with the book, let me die wrong with the book. I'll stay with the the Lord. One of my prayers, Psalm 69, verse 6. I always say that to God. So important. Because God will not fail. Amen? So defend. And then this is it. What that means is sometimes you are trying to believe some things. And you are trying to step ahead. But then you have this close friend who refuses. And will always talk about these other things. I'll just stay away from them. Mm. See that's not kind. Well the Bible says come out from among them and be separate dissociate from for situations, situation, circumstances, people. Cut them off. Because they're going to bring you down. After you get up, they'll come back. <laughs> they'll come to you for help. But don't stay with them. Because they're going to pull you down with their thinking. They will help you to, to realize that what you're saying in the natural doesn't make sense. And it shouldn't make sense if it's spiritual. So don't argue with them. Just leave them alone, go your way. So sometimes it's good to just cut them, cut them off. Just stay with there's not enmity, but just stay away from them. They are still your brothers. Find those that agree with you and stay with them. They will be your good friends. That's what to do. The last thing is depend on God fully. Depend on Him for help. Totally. You can't make anything happen. As you study the Word, stay with it and wait patiently for Him. I think the greatest thing for us is in the waiting. Our minds go crazy when we are waiting. Oh, God. How long? How long, God? Is God really answering my prayers? How long? And in that period that period from when you start praying till your deliverance comes, that's the most dangerous time because that's when Satan is really at work. Especially when he knows you've you've latched on to something that will deliver you. And there is that waiting period. And even though Satan is at work, that's the time God is proving you to see if you will quit. God and Satan are really busy in the in-between to see if you will get to self-pity. Start talking to yourself and start talking negative, agreeing with people who disagree with the word of God, but they are still believers because they want to be real, okay? And you are being real with them and accepted among them, destroying yourself. That's the most dangerous time. And that's when to say, God, please help me. Okay? God, I need your help. Give me something to encourage me. Don't want to quit what I'm doing based on what I'm saying. Amen? You're getting it tonight. So important. This is going to be a year of fruitfulness for the members of the Ark Fellowship. Stand up with me. Thank you for letting me go a little longer. I didn't take your permission, though. <laughs> But I got to finish this. I didn't want a series. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. What I'm saying tonight is really renewing your minds, whether you know it or not. Because you are clean because of the words that have been spoken over you. And these are not just words and ideas of men, these are pulled out of God's word. Amen. And you know it. So your mind is already being renewed. Amen. Your mind is being renewed. And good things are coming to you. I will encourage you tonight, even as I stood there, don't be afraid. Amen. I'm saying this to you. I'm saying it to myself. We all have things that we're dealing with. Don't be afraid. Trust in God. Amen. Trust in God. He is very faithful. It's not about church. It's about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus so let's trust him can you lift your hands up tonight tell him Lord I trust you Lord I trust you I trust in your goodness I trust in your faithfulness I know you will never disappoint me I trust you God God I trust you the blood was shed for me I plead that blood of Jesus Over my life. Over my circumstances. He's going to be okay. My struggles will be over. I'm just passing through. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you praise tonight. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. You are truly blessed.